Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Holcraft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 103.9 FM and AM 930. As always, it is great to be with you. Another Friday evening, we are set to continue our series of reflections uh, this Friday evening that I have tagged as Catholic Musings because there's always something during the week that gets my attention as it relates to oh some aspect of the spiritual life as it is connected to the world. And I thought, well, we could take Friday evening and muse over that. Now, as we have started this new programming on Friday evening, you have been asking me questions out from what I talk about. And once again, out from last week's musing, we have a question. Uh, Last week, we talked about the power of the Holy Spirit like in dynamite, emphasizing that word power, huh? How... To be in the presence of the Holy Spirit is to abide in that awe-inspiring dynamism of love that brings with it transformation. Transformation of the soul who lives in the Holy Spirit, yes, but also, my friends, to all those who come into contact with that gift of the Holy Spirit. And uh, I guess we could say, in this sense, we are agents of the Holy Spirit assisting in the process of transformation, huh? Now, the question I received uh, from David in Texas, and thank you for the question, David, was, how are we to understand the gift in the phrase, gift of the Holy Spirit? Uh, So, David, thank you for that question. Great question. Let me start out by saying this. The phrase, gift of the Holy Spirit, in its Latin construct, is a genitive of identity as opposed to a genitive of possession. Okay, now what in the world do we intend to mean when you start using the word genitive? What the heck? Well, in Latin, genitives are used to talk about a person's relationship to something, okay? Um, often what is possessed. I possess my car, I possess my home, uh, so on and so forth. In the case of the Holy Spirit, being a genitive of identity, it immediately points to the distinction we have in our relationship with the triune God, that in the Holy Spirit, we actually receive the very identity of God. And what's key for us to understand here is that this gift, emphasizing the word gift as you ask about it, is not something we possess, but rather something we share with the world. Because you can never possess love, per se, right? We have to remember that the Holy Spirit is absolute love. And and love, by its very nature, possesses no self-interestedness. This is the essence of God. This is the essence of God, absolute unselfishness. God wills our best interest, my friends, because there is no selfishness in God. For this reason, Thomas Aquinas, in defining love, says, Love is willing the good of the other for the sake of other, and I'll add, without the expectation of receiving anything in return. 
John Paul II, in a musing himself over love, says love consists of a commitment which limits one's freedom. It is a giving of the self, and to give oneself means just that, to limit one's freedom on behalf of another. So, my dear friends, the Holy Spirit is love, and love is an action verb. We can never possess love like as in a car or as in a house and so on and so forth because the nature of love forbids it. The logic of divine love is this. What I receive as a gift, I share as a gift. And this is the great paradox revealed on the cross. Where there is a gift, there is something to give away. We never hoard it for ourselves. And on the cross, our Lord teaches us the spiritual physics of our faith, the mathematics of God. Where there is a loss, there is gain. Where there is a supposed negative, there is actually a positive. Where we might think there is death, there is actually life, because death always precedes life. You'll never find the life of one thing if there was not first a death to something before it. Okay? So we have received this gift in the Holy Spirit that has us looking at what that gift is all about, maybe in a different way. And that gift, of course, is love itself. Okay? All right. With that, let us engage in our principal subject matter for this week, which has us focusing on that word amazing. Amazing. A few years ago, In the Holcraft household, there was a brief exchange of words that when something like this, my youngest son, who was three at the time, while looking at a picture of Mary kissing the feet of the crucified Jesus, asked simply uh, to his mom and dad, my wife and I, he dead? He's looking at crucified Jesus, my three-year-old son. He asks, mommy, daddy, he dead? And my wife's response was equally simple. Yeah, that is Mary kissing his feet. My three-year-old son at the time said, Oh, because Jesus has owies. And once again, mommy's response to that point was simple. Yeah, because he has owies. (laughs) And then uh, Avila, my seven-year-old daughter at the time, said something that really struck me. Mary is not dead, though. She just went to heaven because she is the most amazing mother of all time. Now, (laughs) while my wife and I chuckled at Avila's words and marveled at Isaac's observation, I could not stop asking myself the question, what is it that makes Mary the most amazing mother of all time? Because certainly what my daughter said was true. She did go to heaven because She was and is the most amazing mother of all time. Such an inquiry compelled me to think about many things, but there is really only one event, my friends, in the life of Mary that makes every other event possible, the Annunciation. And with it, there is only one word in Scripture that makes the New Testament quite literally conceivable. Yes. In other words, The most amazing thing in human history happened because tucked away in the least expected place and in the least expected way, 
a simple virgin from Nazareth responded to an angel with the simplest of words, yes. Literally, let it be to me. This kind of, if you were to translate the Greek, this joyful arising, this desire to do God's will. She didn't hesitatingly say yes. No, she, with all her heart and with a joyful bounce, said yes. Now, let me do, well, what we do here each Friday, (laughs) turn to a movie for some insight to this topic of amazing and saying yes. In a recent viewing of the Pixar animation feature, The Incredibles, I was struck by a line offered up by one of the characters, and as last week was Superman Returns, there's, there's always one line, right, that just kind of jumps out at you. There is a point in the movie where the Incredibles, a.k.a. the Supers, have been reassimilated into the world, going incognito from their super vocation. For Mr. Incredible, you know, the lead protagonist in this animated classic, anonymity was leading to this identity crisis, speaking of identity, huh? with the Holy Spirit. It was on one occasion upon arriving home from another boring day at work, right, the absence of a super life, that Mr. Incredible was greeted by a little bubblegum-popping boy just staring at him. And after the worn-down and frustrated Mr. Incredible asked him, well, what are you waiting for? The little boy responded, I don't know, something amazing, I guess. And to that I said, and I share with you now, aren't we all? Aren't we all? Brothers and sisters, in different ways, we are all waiting for something amazing, I guess, to happen in our lives. The thing of it is, for some of us, we seek the amazing not from within, but from without. We cheer on teams and root for championships so we can talk about something amazing. We follow the world of TMZ and and want to be like the stars of Hollywood in hoping to become something amazing. Most of us are fanatics. Uh, Remember, fan is short for fanatic, right? Most of us are fanatics about something or someone. Sports team, a superstar a television show, and so on. But I present to you a question. Why not be a a fan, right, a fanatic for Jesus Christ? You know, not all of us are called to be a professional athlete or actor, but all of us are called to do something amazing with our lives. And brothers and sisters in Christ, Jesus, will help us to do just that. Real lies are amazing. You know, my daughter said Mary is the most amazing mother of all time because Mary embraced her amazing. Not that she explained that per se as a seven-year-old, but that's, that's her seven-year-old intuition. You see, Mary teaches us that saying yes to God is where amazing happens. Every time we submit to God's will, our lives become the amazing that people will talk about for future generations. Not in the sense of an an incredible feat, maybe during a basketball game, but rather in the admiration of a good that comes out from saying yes to God in everything and, and everywhere. We are in the game of life, my friends. 
and the saints are in the heavenly arena cheering us on. So let us run with perseverance that race that is set before us, looking to Jesus as Hebrews chapter 12 verses 1 to 2 remind us. And give those who are in the heavenly arena reasons to cheer for something amazing. Because we're all looking for something amazing. Not just I guess, but no, we are. Amen. Amen. Let us close with a word of prayer. All glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And God bless you.